Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the morning devotion here at Christ Life Ministries slash my garage. <laughs> Welcome. So um, I just have something on my heart. It's it's uh, it's just a word that I have about words and about how we speak and from which source we speak and out of fellowship. Um, so First uh, Corinthians two. I might as well start here. So Paul says in verse 1, As for myself, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony and the evidence of, and the mystery and the secret of God in lofty words of eloquence or human philosophy and wisdom. So he could have because he, uh, he was a very learned person. He, had, he was one of the best scholars of the day. But he didn't. Go for intellectualism. He didn't go for words of eloquence, but he spoke out of a different place. So now he gives a context to what's in his heart and in his mind. For I resolved to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to be a dis to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing among you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So Jesus Christ and Him crucified is the what he had in his heart to speak about. And it's out of that rich treasure of the faith in the cross of Christ that he spoke to the people. And he says, And I was passed in a state of weakness and fear and dread and great trembling after I had come among you. Okay, so he didn't come, you know, puffed up, you know, walking around there like a peacock thinking he's, you know, the main guy. He came in fear and trembling because he represented God and he wanted to say what God said and he wanted to say only what God said, okay? So he says in verse 4, and my language or my words, my message, were not set forth in persuasive, enticing, plausible words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, a proof by the spirit and power of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them. Okay, so he spoke words. Those words, he wasn't there debating. He didn't come to debate with them. He wasn't appealing to their intellect. He wasn't appealing to their high IQs. He was speaking out of fellowship with the Spirit, out of a place of total unity, out of a place of surrender to the Holy Spirit. And from there, he spoke words. And those words were in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. Okay? So if we read the King James, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. So the speech was in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. The words that he spoke was in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. With that, I'm not at all criticizing the demonstration of power, laying on of hands and, and showing and demonstrating the power of God. That's not at all what I'm doing. What I'm saying is he spoke a word, but the word was power. Okay, so the message itself, the gospel of Jesus Christ... Um, is not the information of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because, I mean, if you just take the information and take it to Gentiles, um, they read it and they think, this is nonsense. And then they dismiss it and go on with their lives. So it's not about appealing to their intellect because it's not intellectual. It, it doesn't make sense to them at all. Okay? Um, so just think of this. Um, Rina touched on it the other day. It's like we believe that because there was a Jew 2,000 years ago somewhere in Israel um, that said, I am the son of God, um, and because they didn't like him and executed him, suddenly now my sins are forgiven 2,000 years later here in South Africa. What we are, what we are preaching is really radical. I mean, it's, it does not make sense um, to the intellectual mind. But the words are spirit. Okay, so and that's, that's the whole point of what I'm saying today, is the gospel is not a human message. The gospel is not from this earth. The gospel is the Holy Spirit conveying his heart towards people. The Holy Spirit imparting himself to people through words. So as we hear those words, we hear and believe and we receive an impartation of a person coming to dwell on the inside of us. We receive a power coming to us through a message. Okay, so, I mean, there's so many scriptures. Galatians chapter 3, and then he says in verse 5, He who works powerfully and miraculously among you, does he do so because of you obeying the law, or was it by hearing a message and believing it? Okay, so um, the whole Galatians 3 speaks about it. Says, you were saved by grace through faith and not by obedience to a law, trying to change yourself. Okay, but it's the power in a message that came to you, that touched your heart, not your brain. And the, your heart received an impartation of the Holy Spirit, which is a completely new nature, Christ coming, dwelling inside of us. So now he says here, my message was not set forth in persuasive, plausible words of wisdom, but they were in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. Okay, so... Um, Romans chapter 1, we've touched on that so many times. Verse 16 says, uh, I have been, uh, uh, sorry, I'm in Galatians 2 in my mind. Okay, Romans 1 verse 16 <laughs> says the following. It says, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God. So the gospel is not, okay, here's a textbook and go study the, the gospel. No, that's, you didn't have contact with the gospel. The gospel is an, like a, a meeting with a person. It's like an encounter with a power, with something so great. Um, the gospel is not just in information. The gospel is the Holy Spirit coming. So the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So we know that we are saved by believing it. But how does that work? We believe a message, but as we believe it, our hearts open up to the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of us. He comes to dwell inside of us because he really did cleanse us with his blood. And we are, have really been made holy, which means the Holy Spirit feels welcome to, do, to come and dwell in us. 
He comes to dwell in us, and his presence doesn't overwhelm us. He, he comes to dwell in us, and, and his being there doesn't kill us. Okay, So he cleansed us with his blood. So it's, it's a message that tells us what happened when Jesus died on that cross and what happened when he offered his blood as a sacrifice for the world. Okay, so now through that, the Holy Spirit comes inside of our unseen part, and we our eyes start opening. And our ears start hearing. And we, our hearts are filled with joy. Our hearts are filled with emotions that is not human, that is from God. It says here in 1 Corinthians 2, stirring in the minds. There's only the Amplified that says this. Stirring in the minds of my hearers, most holy emotions and thus persuading them. You start feeling something that cannot be from you. You start feeling something that, that must be from a higher power, from God. Okay, so... So, and then he continues in Romans chapter 1. He says, the gospel is, not, is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. And then he says, uh, for in the gospel, verse 17, uh, the righteousness which God ascribes to you is revealed from faith to faith for the just shall live by faith. So, um, the gospel is revealed. By the Spirit of God. And the rest of 1 Corinthians 2 clearly says it. It reveals things. It's words not spoken by man, but by the Holy Spirit. It says here, um, verse 5, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Um, and then he says, yet when we are among fully a full-grown spiritual mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, we do impart a higher wisdom. Uh, it is indeed not a wisdom of this present age or of this world, nor of the leaders and rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing and are doomed to pass away. But rather, what we are setting forth is a wisdom of God once hidden from human understanding and now revealed to us by God. That wisdom which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification to lift us into the glory of his presence. So the wisdom of God preached the cross of Christ, the blood of Jesus, spoken with the anointing, the power of God, the Spirit of God, lifts the hearers into the glory of the presence of God, brings the presence, the glory, the Spirit of God into them, makes them to be in Christ and Christ in them, if they hear and believe the message. The gospel are anointed words. The gospel is not information. It is the spirit using human language to convey himself. It's the spirit using the mouth of a human being to find entrance into the heart of a human being. Okay? So you hear words, but you're not only hearing words. Remember when Jesus was teaching, the people testified of Jesus, saying, his teaching is different from that of the Pharisees, because he's teaching, he's speaking with power. And that's the big difference between someone who is anointed and who is speaking out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit and someone who is just repeating what they read somewhere in a textbook and what they wrote a test about, okay? So I'm not against tests, but what I'm saying is uh, I'm not against degrees, I have degrees, but what I'm saying to you is the degree won't make you anointed. 
<laughs> it's good to have degrees. It's fine. But the, the degree will not make you anointed. You need to have contact with a person. And you need to hear and believe him speaking to you. Okay. So just while we're in 1 Corinthians, just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. He says in verse 20, For the kingdom of God consists of and is based on not talk, but power. Okay, so King James, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So these two are... Uh, um, what's vergelijk in Engels? Compared. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my Afrikaans brain is not, you know, is, my English is not awake yet. Okay, so um, it's compared. The one is power and the one is just the word. But the power one also functions through words. Do you get what I'm saying? So people use that scripture and they say, no, but you shouldn't preach because... It's in power and not in word. No, the words are in power. That's what he said just two chapters ago. But my words were in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit in power. And the words stirred in the minds of the hearers, most holy emotions, and thus persuaded them. Okay, so there is a fellowship with a person that is unseen through the words spoken. And that words comes to you through someone who knows that person and someone in whom that person dwells. So um, when you hear someone who has fellowship with Christ speaking to you, it's different from someone just repeating information that he heard somewhere. Okay, so John chapter 6. So um, I want to take your attention here first to verse 29. Um, the question here before Jesus is what are we to do that we may be working the works of God? Okay, that's the question. So what are we to do that we can demonstrate the power of God like you do? Okay, because they recognize the power of God. I mean, just before he multiplied the bread. Okay, so what are we to do that we ought to be working the works of God? And Jesus replied, verse 29, this is the work that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom he has sent, that you cleave to trust, rely on, and have faith, in his messenger. Now we know him who was sent um, is called the word. In the beginning was the word, John chapter 1. And the word was God and the word was with God. And all things were created through him and without him was nothing made that was made. So through a word, the spirit spoke a word and creation came, came into being. So we need to take account of this the, or take notice of this. The spirit spoke and creation was there. So he sent his word. So the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word became flesh, became visible, came into our uh, sphere of, of life, into our uh, consciousness, okay? The word came and showed himself, demonstrated and manifested himself. So what did Jesus do? He was walking about, doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. What was Jesus doing? He was teaching, he was preaching, and he was healing the sick. Okay, so that's the word that was sent, what the word looks like. Teaching, preaching, and healing the sick. Okay, the word becoming flesh. 
And now, and later on in John 1, it says, and uh, he came unto his own, but his own received him not, but to as many as did receive him, gave he power. So as many as, as received what? Him, the word. The words spoken from the Spirit. Gave he what? Power. To become what? Sons. So you become the word made flesh. You become a son of God by listening and believing the words spoken by the Son of God. By hearing and believing the words of the Spirit and letting it enter into your heart. Okay. So when you believe something happens to you, you receive the power to become a son of God. And you are born not from a mortal seed, but from an immortal seed, from the ever-living Word of God. First Peter chapter 1. Okay, so the words came. So he said he sent his word. Okay, and Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word to heal them. So you see the same thing. He came to teach and preach and heal. So the word will speak. The word will teach you. Through the anointing, the anointing will teach you all things, as John says. And he will heal the sick. Teaching, preaching, healing the sick. All right, so what are we to do that we might be working the works of God? Teaching, preaching, healing the sick. He says, uh, this is the work that God asks of you. That you believe in the one whom he has sent. Not that you believe in the information that he sent. Not that you are convinced of information, but that you believe in him who was sent. I need you to make this distinction. There's a difference between just thinking on the letter of a certain word, arguing about the letter of a doctrine, and speaking out of fellowship with the person. Big difference. And when you listen to someone speaking out of fellowship with the person, the effect will be that you have fellowship with a person, stirring in the minds of my hearers most holy emotions, thus persuading them. Okay? I hope this makes sense to you. Uh, my friend Marnus, now I, I quote him a lot because he's had a tremendous impact in my life. But and you can listen to his messages. He also has messages on Facebook. Marnus, now if you don't know him. Okay, so he says, it's like when you speak uh, it, under the anointing, it's like these bubbles, you know, that the children... Blow, you know, these, you know, bubbles. You blow the bubble and there goes the bubbles, okay? It's like the words go out. It's like bubbles and, in each, and in, inside each bubble, Jesus is. <laughs> the person. And as the bubble reaches the ear, it's like, and he's inside your heart. Do you get it? So he's infused in the words. He's infused in the words. As you hear the word, you actually have fellowship with the person. So you're seeing just some guy standing before you, standing before a camera, <laughs> speaking words to you. But in fact, the Holy Spirit is now reaching out to your heart, speaking to your heart, and tugging at your heart, trying to draw you closer. He's just speaking, and he's, he's speaking through me, but he's, he's, he's speaking to you. It's not me speaking to you, it's him speaking to you. You really don't want Herod to speak to you. You want Christ to speak to you. The Christ, the Spirit, the anointing to speak to you. So um, believe in him, the Spirit. Believe in him, the Lord Jesus. 
believe in him, the father, they are one. So the father has sent the son, he has anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so just rewind a couple of verses and he says, stop toiling and doing and producing for the food that perishes and decomposes in the using. So people were used to the feasts and all kinds of touch, feel, see things that the law prescribed. But in this context, he was referring to the bread that he multiplied. He said, you didn't come because you saw the sign and you wanted to believe. You were, you were just hungry and you just wanted to have some more bread. <laughs> so he said, stop toiling and producing for the food that perishes. But it refers to all the rituals, all the stuff that you can touch and feel and see, Okay. So he says, but strive and work and produce rather for the lasting food. So there's a different, there's a higher word. There's a higher food that lasts unto, uh, then endures continually unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give you that. So the person gives you the food. It's not the, um, the letter of the word that gives you the food. It's the person that gives you the food. Okay, he will furnish you that. For God the Father has authorized, certified him, and put his seal of endorsement upon him. So he has sealed him, says the King James also. All right. Yeah, him hath God the Father sealed. So what are we sealed with? With the Holy Spirit. So now he has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. We are now sealed. We bear the inscription on our, on our uh, foreheads and on our hands. Um, it's, forget the mark of the beast on the forehead on the hands. You know the Bible said that Jesus will write his name on your, on your, on your head, forehead and on your hand. And do you know that actually means him dwelling inside you? It's about what you think and about what you do. It's not some chip or some credit card or some whatever that the false prophet is going to use to control the world. That stuff is nonsense, man. It speaks about the person Christ in your mind and what you do. Okay. All right. So it's about coming out of fellowship with Christ speaking. And those words touch the hearts of people. It's anointed words. It's the Holy Spirit himself speaking to people. Okay. So as you hear it, you receive the one whom he has sent. You believe and you receive the one whom he has sent. So he has sent the word, the spirit. You hear, you believe, you receive him whom he has sent. Okay, and he's inside your heart. And now something is imparted or someone is imparted and he dwells inside of you. And now you are sealed. And now you start doing the works of Christ just like Jesus did. Jesus said, John chapter 14 verse 12, If anyone steadfastly believes in me, so you receive the one whom he has sent, not the information. If anyone steadfastly believe in me, you will do the works that I do and even greater works than these because I go to my Father. What are the works? Teaching, preaching, healing the sick. What are the works? Well, whatever the Father shows you. <laughs> Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father doing. What do you say? Well, whatever God says. Just hear what he says and say that, okay? And it will mostly coincide with, not mostly, it will always go, coincide with what is written in the Word of God. Okay, so let's go on in John chapter 6. And I want to just take your attention to verse 63. It says, it is the Spirit who gives life. Ah. 
that's just awesome. It is the Spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. Not it, the letters. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There's no profit in it. The words, the truths that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. Okay, now see the relationship here. It's the person, Christ, speaking to you. He's speaking words and conveying himself, imparting spirit and imparting righteousness to your spirit. Okay, so he's speaking. He says the words that I've been speaking to you, relationship, love, oneness in him. So you have fellowship with him and he's speaking to you. And your heart starts feeling things that you didn't feel before. The words that I've been speaking to you are spirit and, and our life. And even now, hearing these words, you can start feeling in your heart something stirring and something, it's like, almost like a river washing over you and it's just peace coming to you. And you just feel almost like a burning sensation inside your heart. Uh, it's the spirit of, uh, the spirit speaking words of spirit and life to you and your heart being receptive to it and open to it. And you hear what he's saying, but you receive him who was sent from the Father. I hope this does something for someone. All right. So it's about relationship. It is about him speaking to us. All right. So I want to just take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And he says here in verse 6, It is he who has qualified us. Not my degree who has qualified me. <laughs> but it is he <laughs> who has qualified us, making us to be fit and worthy and sufficient as ministers and dispensers of a new covenant or a new testament of salvation through Christ, not ministers of the letter of legally written code but of the dun, da, 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 Spirit. For the code of the law kills, but the Holy Spirit makes alive. So, I want to tell you that any letter kills you. So, if you speak a letter of grace, a reasoning of grace, and you call that ministry, that is also letter. And the letter of grace will kill you just as effectively as the letter of the law. Okay, so it is him who brings life. Him, the person Christ that brings life. And if you avoid of a relationship with him, even the best grace reasoning in the world will not save. It will not bring power. It will not bring miracles. Okay, so not be just because someone is using the terminology of grace doesn't mean they have fellowship with Christ. The gospel is not in the letter, even the letter of grace. The gospel comes out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Is someone so yielded to the Holy Spirit that he is actually just saying what God is saying? Is God using his mouth and just speaking? Is God anointing the words? Okay? So this message, this morning I was standing in the shower. God just said to me, I will anoint your words. So I said, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for anointing my words. So what is he actually saying? He says, I will lay words in your mouth. I will speak through you. I will use you as a mouthpiece. I dwell inside you, but the words coming out of your lips will be anointed, 
and it will be able to impart something to someone and bring light to someone. So the, the anointing opens up. The anointing lifts the veil. If you read the rest of 2 Corinthians 3, from verse 15 says the law brings, you know, if you read Moses, there's a veil. But if a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. And then he says the Lord is the Spirit. So if you receive the person, the Spirit, with the Word, eyes open up. And suddenly you start seeing. You see in the Spirit and you hear in the Spirit. And you start experiencing something, and it's like a fire burning in your heart. The goodness and the grace of God. Okay, so the letter will kill you, but the Holy Spirit makes alive. The Spirit is the life giver, John 6, 63. The flesh has no benefit, so don't come with grace in the flesh. Come on, this inclusion nonsense. It's, it's, with, it's a sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. It is death. It's ministering death to people. It kills people. It needs to be out of relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't say, oh, but start with the reasoning. Oh, but if, if a God is a God of love, then hey, say what God is saying. Stop reasoning in your own mind about what you think. Say what God is saying. And you will only be able to say what God is saying if you actually just have fellowship with him. So sometimes it's just necessary for all of us to just shut up. Okay? So the word says... Be still and know that I'm God. So we need to get to a, the secret place, a quiet place, where we sit and we just say, Lord, what are you saying? And where your heart opens up for the words that the Spirit is speaking. But Paul writes to Timothy and he says, you know, some, will, some speaks lies in hypocrisy, having their consciences seared as with a hot iron. So they don't hear anymore because their consciences are seared. So what I'm saying is, we really need to live in fellowship with him. It is him speaking to us. It's him. It's not the information. It's not about being contentious about this doctrine. You can be anointed or you can, or you can be, try to be right. If you try to be right, you're focused on yourself and you go for your own glory. But if you want to be anointed, you need to lay everything down. You're right to be right. You need to lay it down. Your right to win the argument, you need to lay that down. But to me, that was a bit of an issue. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> so, um, the, and I always wanted to be right. You can ask my family. I, was, I would just keep on arguing until I win, okay? But God says, hey, lay that down. It's not of me. So we need to, to be still and know that he is Lord. Okay. All right, I'm just talking a little bit too long, but let's just quickly just go to John 5. I'll, I'll just quote it and it goes quicker. Okay, so John chapter 5 verse 39, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees, and I, you've heard me say this millions of times. So he says, you search the scriptures diligently. I think Rina touched on it the other day as well. You search the scriptures diligently, and you suppose that you have life through these scriptures. You know, the letter. But the scriptures testify about me, the person. But still you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Okay. So we need to get this. The scriptures testify about a person. The moment we understand that and see, look for Jesus on every page, we will find him on every page. Let him speak to you when you read the word. 
Okay. One last thing. I'll just also just speak about it. Otherwise, it's going to take too long. Acts chapter 10. He says, we, I said it earlier, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with, with power. So he was anointed. How he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Okay, so God sealed him. It's much the same as in John 6. And then he spoke of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And then in verse 43 and 44, verse 43 says, All the prophets testify of him, that everyone who trusts in him, not trust in what the information that he brought or reads his handbook. <laughs> Everyone who trusts in him receives forgiveness of their sins. And verse 44 says, and while he was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening or hearing the message. So the Holy Spirit is sent with the word. The word and the spirit speaks. The word is the spirit speaking. So if we hear the words out of someone who was sent to bring the word to us, someone who was sent to preach the gospel, out of fellowship with God, God sent that person. It's not someone that just picked up a book and now say, speaks to you. It's someone that had an encounter with God, and God sent him to say this. And it is the Spirit now speaking the message through him. So it's a messenger containing the one that's speaking the message. It's not only a message, but a person speaking okay if you trust in the one that i'm bringing to you now you receive forgiveness of sins okay so it's not an intellectual thing it's not a reasoning thing you can you can dumb it down as much as you want by trying to be so clever as you want but god is after your heart and you're not going to experience anything you're not going to see any results until you let your heart, the guards of your heart, the gates of your heart, open up and let him speak to your heart. And let that sword of the Spirit come deep into the deepest parts of you to do what he wants to do. All right. So thank you for listening. I, I'm not good with time. You know that. So bless you. Thank you for listening. Um, uh, I just pray that you have fellowship with Jesus, that you're experiencing experience him more and more. May your heart burn with the anointing. May you have intimate fellowship and live in the presence of Jesus.